Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Father-Son Packers podcast, your source for Packers news, notes, and analysis. My name is Tommy, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my dad, Matt. Dad, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, we got? We got NBA playoffs going on. We're almost up to draft season. We got NHL playoffs going on. NHL playoffs. For anyone interested. Um, season baseball. Um, yeah. It's right about that time of the year when we got all four all four sports going at once. It's not it's not a long time of yeah, year. Got a lot of stuff going on um in all sp- four sports right now anyway. Yes, but most important of those I think as we come to you here the night of Tuesday, April 18th late in the evening is we are just 9 days away from the NFL draft from NFL Christmas, NFL Hanukkah, NFL, whatever holiday you celebrate. We're getting ready to open those presents underneath the treats. It's a week out. NFL Thanksgiving, if your team does well. (laughs) Yes. Uh, NFL Christmas, is it it coal or is it going to be a present? Were we we good or were we bad? Uh, I mean, that's the thing. But the thing is, my my favorite part about the NFL draft, you can talk yourself into these. Like, whoever you end up picking, you'll find a way to talk yourself into. Oh, (laughs) the day of the draft, the sky's the limit, right? I mean, my experience as someone who was not very high on Rashawn Gary when he was drafted is you can talk yourself into a lot of players, and a lot of times you maybe just don't know. Um, but that's what we're here to talk to you about today is the NFL draft with it approaching so closely. And we will also be doing um, a podcast after the draft talking about all of the picks the Packers made. So keep your eye out for that at the end of next week. Uh, still getting the details set on that, but we are going to uh, have information on that. And if you're waiting on information on that, Come give us a follow on Twitter at Father Son Packer. Uh, you can find us there. We tweet out when new episodes happen. We tweet out interesting articles. We tweet out Packers official visits that are happening as they're happening, uh, which we'll talk about in just a second as we had a big swath of players who came in and interviewed with the Packers for their top 30 visits. Um, and just stuff like that, and it would really help our numbers. We'd appreciate it. And if you like what you hear even more, you can subscribe to us on any podcast platform of choice or on YouTube, which would also help our numbers a lot. We post all of our episodes there, as well as all those platforms, Spotify, Apple, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Dad, anything I'm missing, or should we get, start talking about the official visits? Let's start getting into the official visits. Um, you know, we're still waiting on news. <laughs> Yes, I we we've talked about it enough. <laughs> my, my, Aaron Rodgers. My note, my note on the Packers just Aaron Rodgers is like, a whole lot of nothing going on, and this is like one of the quietest weeks for rumors in a while. Just that they haven't talked. Like maybe they haven't talked because they've already made their decision. It's, it's the deal's already worked out, and they're just waiting to or uh, the or the deal's already it. dead. Or the deal's already dead, and there are like now three other teams that are uh, calling the Packers. It's always it's always quietest right before the storm, Dad. You never know. Maybe maybe it's tomorrow. Maybe Dark it's in for 10 the minutes. Dawn, quiet for the storm. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Choose your metaphor. Choose, <laughs> Choose your, your fight. Um, but let's talk a little bit about these visits before Choose we get too down into another Aaron Rodgers hole, as we've done, I'm sure, a dozen times at this point, as we've yep. been doing an episode a week. I would say we've talked about Rodgers in every single one. Um, but so for these official visits, we talked about a number of them in our last podcast last week. But since then, we have a number of players who have come through. I think it's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 new players uh, coming through. Uh, Just it looks in the last like, week. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we're, we're getting down to... We're getting we're hyped up for days. We're getting hyped up for the draft, and the Packers front office is getting hyped up for the draft. Dad, do you want to kind of uh, walk us through some of these visits? 
Sure. So total now they've used up 26 of their 30 top 30 visits. They um, This week they had three new wide receivers come through. Um, Rashi Rice who, from SMU you know, seems to be mocked mostly to second or third round. Consensus rank 82. Um, 9.53 RAS. Um, I think helped a lot by his like ex- explosions. His jumps were really good. Speed was good enough. And we know um, for the Packers, the jumps are the most important thing for receivers. Well, specifically the broad jump. I guess the vertical doesn't matter as much. No, but it should have. I mean, Devon, that's, I think, one of the things that made Devontae so good. Yeah, but we saw MVS have a lot of success with being yeah, having he, a bad and, vertical. And that was like his worst testing was, was his, for some weird reason, super fast, good broad jump, terrible vert. It's like, yeah, I can jump forward. I can't jump <laughs> I just up build a speed high. and then, then leave the ground, and I travel a long way. Um, but uh, he he led the country in yards per game last year, Rushy Rice did, with a 61% catch rate in 22 and an 81% in 2021. Yeah, it seems know. like his stock is rising a bit now after taking a bit of a hit earlier in the process because he came in smaller than people expected, and he kind of wins a lot of contested catch situations. Right. Um, I think it was interesting at the, at the Senior Bowl, he, he wasn't as big as everybody expected. He gets always oh, like, he, he just mosses everybody in these contested catches. And so then he went down, and then he's like, well, he can jump. He's got a 41-inch vertical um, leap. And so, oh, maybe he's maybe he's doing okay in those contested catches. Yeah, because he's only, what, six foot and a half, and people were thinking he was going to be like six two and a half, six three, and people were a little yeah. disappointed by his height. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd be excited for him. I think, you know... Third round's always crapshoot for the Packers. So yep, we'll we'll see where where he goes. And then the other two players, they they wide receivers they brought in were a couple of look to be un, undrafted free agents. Uh, Cole Tucker from Northern Illinois. Mm-hmm. His RAS is only four four one um, six one four six seven forty. And Ryan Miller from Furman, um, he had a little better RAS uh, four five two forty and a six nine seven RAS. Also, you know, just over six one. So both. Similar size, possibly looking for, you know, priority invites um, to be undrafted free agents. So the Packers, they've looked at two UNFA candidate wide receivers and two, like, second, third, fourth rounders with Rice and Dontavian Wicks. Of course, there aren't that many first rounders to look at. Yeah, um, and by some, by some brief... Um... Just like quick looking up, I think Cole Tucker did return kicks in college, um, so that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what they're most maybe, and maybe both of them are being looked at for special teams abilities as well. I mean, as cover cover uh, units and things. All the players they've added so far have been special teamers, so you know, keep that trend right. going. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna draft a dozen special team players. We're not going to be able to do anything, but we will finally cover a punt <laughs> and victory and protect on field goals and extra points. Let's not let's not get too ahead of ourselves. One <laughs> one phase of special teams at a time, please. All right, all right. Yeah, we might want to we, we might try to we might pull over. We try to do too much at once. Pump the brakes, buddy. Um, beyond that, though, so you just hit all the receivers. Um, they did also have a bunch of tight ends in this week after only having one through like was, the majority a, of the process. Which was kind of weird, but then they hit him hard this week. So they'd already had Darnell Washington, one of the maybe top three. or uh, Yeah, I would or say four, he's a top three probably tight Probably top three. And then they had the other two of the top three, um, according to most, most boards. Uh, Dalton Kincaid of Utah. Um, 
and Mike and Michael Mayer from Notre Dame, both projected to go in the first round, like 22nd and 27th. Um, Kincaid hasn't done any testing, but he just recently got cleared medically. He had over a 70% catch rate each of the last two years and only 2.8% drops. So really, really low drop. They had like he one is drop this past year. Quite the receiver. I don't know how much our listeners are listening he to is. other draft shows, but everyone is saying like, I'm not going to say it. But he looks like Travis Kelsey. Everyone said everyone says those same words every time. They're like, I would never, ever, ever compare him to Kelsey. I would but never he looks ever like make this comparison to any tight end except one. Yeah. And, and, um, and but his run blocking is only a fifty nine point five per PFF. Well, he to me, so tell me what you think about this. He would be the answer to me of like if there aren't any good big receivers in the class, is it better to just take Kincaid? Right. If you want somebody to catch passes over the middle, maybe Kincaid is your best option. And the thing and is, somebody he's... to and maybe if you have him, you don't need a big slot. He's just going to take over the slot. Yeah, and I actually feel a similar way about Sam Laporta, although I, I think he's a better blocker than Kincaid in my in my opinion. But they did have a virtual visit with Sam Laporta. Um, they didn't have him in to Green Bay, actually, but they did also have a virtual visit with him. I'm unclear on how that counts against the top 30 visits. I don't know. I mean, maybe we have him at 26, but maybe if those count, they're done. Yeah. Because they've had more than, I think they've had more than one of those. It's like what constitutes a visit is an interesting one, but that's another one to keep in mind. They are looking at tight ends, and they're also looking at two more tight ends, it looks like. Yeah, and so well, one thing it's about Mayer, so he's not... One of the more most athletic. I mean, his I think his, his agilities were pretty good. Um, his speed was just kind of so-so. Um, he's a much better run blocker than Kincaid, with an eighty-two point one um, run blocking grade. Um, and his catch rate was only sixty-four percent this past year, was seventy-one percent the the year before, and he's always been productive. Yeah. They've also, when so I watch, got, sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Good. I was just saying when I watch when I watch Mayer. I don't see an elite athlete, and yet he tested out of this world. So it's like I'm not really but sure what to believe. Not everything. I mean, his overall RAS is just seven six six. Oh, was it? I could have sworn it was higher. Okay, I might have been wrong. But, but his, anyway, I think, his, I think his agilities were quite good, if I remember. Can I pull that up quickly? Let's Do see. I have that on here? Uh, yeah, he has small arms and a small wingspan. Is one thing. He had a pretty good forty yard dash for his size, four seven. Uh, and then a good broad jump, um, almost 10 feet is like, uh, 11, 10 or sorry, nine ten. Uh, and then, um, uh, good height, uh, decent vertical or average vertical, good 40. Yeah. He, he, his testing actually was not quite as good as I remembered. I, I could have sworn he had a better rest than I thought, but I guess not. And I so mean, it came out as kind of more. good enough, but not elite is sort of how, I mean, he's kind of good at everything. Yeah, um, but not elite at any of them. I just, for me, we've talked about this a number of times. Production at the college level for tight ends is not as indicative as athletic testing is. Bet on the freaks. Bet yeah. on, bet on Musgrave. Bet on Washington. Bet on uh, Laporta. I would bet on these other guys before I bet on Mayer personally. Um, but yeah. they did have two additional tight ends who are looking like right. they're going to be later round guys. Right. One um, is looking like an Udfa. I, I didn't know anything about him, and I don't. I think. He doesn't even have a PFF profile. Ben Sims of Baylor. Um, hmm. His uh, consensus 
um, ranking is 364. So looking like an undrafted free agent. But he's got an 839 RAS. 458-40. Okay. And so elite speed, but is um, and good jumps, but agility was poor. How big is he? Not just. Um, he's he's pretty decent size. He's six four and a half, so not super tall, but two fifty. So he's not okay. a small tight no. end where they you know they often test a little faster. It's not and, that it's not like a massive tight end, but it's not. No, he's not. I like would say six, he's like seven. A, yeah. But uh, and his sixty nine percent catch rate um, per uh, player. Some of the a lot of the catch rates we'll get out from uh, playerprofiler.com. dot mm-hmm. um, So he actually had some decent traits, and and he's ranked in other um, sources. So, but then and then they had another tight end, Josh Weil from Cincinnati, who seemed to be going anywhere from like fourth to sixth round. Um, and things I saw, he, he's uh, got an eight nine eight RAS. He's taller six six and a half, a little lighter, two hundred forty eight pounds, and. Uh, not that great of a run block, just 60, 69.5 run blocking grade, but only and only a three percent, but only a three percent drop rate, so a, a nice low drop rate as well. So seems to catch everything except his overall catch percentage is not as good, fifty eight percent. So I mean, does that mean he's not getting open? Does that mean his quarterback wasn't any good? And I mean, it seems to me like Cincinnati tight ends. Yeah, so I, he's. He's often a guy I pick up for a second tight end. Kind of depends on who I get for a first tight end. Whether I get if I get Washington, then I usually pick up a different second tight end who seems to be more of a pass catcher. If I end up with like Kincaid or um, Laporta, then I might get somebody who's a little bit more of a blocker with my second tight end later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it looks like they're looking at tight ends all over the board, first round. Um, early day, you know, maybe day three. Yeah, and we so talked about se- this first second day three and, and and we talked about this offline that I wouldn't be at all surprised if they take multiple tight ends in this draft given the state of the room. Let's move on though because we have spent a bit of time at tight end here. They also brought in a couple more guys at edge at the edge spot. Um, Some of our fr- favorites. Yeah, actually, two of my favorite players: um, Adetamiwa Adabare out of Northwestern, who is just absolute freak of nature. I think he could do some really good stuff. Um, they could probably play him out on the edge and then kick him inside on other downs. Um, just a freak of nature, 9.88 RAS. He's 282 and ran like a 449 is all you need to know. He's projected to go late first, early second. He's one of the guys I think is actually going to sneak into the first. Some team's going to bet on those traits in the, in the end of the first round. Uh, and then the other is Felix Anadike Ozoma out of Kansas State, who is a guy that when I watched both of them, I actually liked Anadike Ozoma better. He didn't test quite as well as Adabare, uh, but... Still a very good tester, 8.73 relative athletic score. Um, yeah, he seems real- to have nice closing speed uh, um, on the quarterback to actually convert sacks. Yeah, and and I think he has. I feel like he has a nice first step. Um, uh-huh. And I believe he was the yeah Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year this past year. Oh right, they mentioned that when they said he was coming in for a visit. That Packers getting a visit from the Big Twelve Big Twelve Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, so I'm really excited about both of those. It definitely seems so like they're looking at... So is he at... the only Big 12 player that played defense then? Uh... <laughs> My guy, Siaki Ika. I still have faith, even though the testing was bad. Uh, but beyond that, um, they also had a guy in at safety. If you, I don't know if you had anything more you wanted to say about those edge guys. We can, um, Well, I think we'll say more about him a little later. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah, we got we got time. And then they only had one more safety in, which I think is interesting that they haven't brought any more in. Uh, Jartavius Martin out of Illinois uh, yeah. was often it, listed it, as a corner. It, right. Most of the times, if there's a corner, not, so I had kind of missed him in looking over who could be a possible safety target for the Packers. And as only with this visit that I saw he had some safety versatility. Yeah. And I think that might be need to be the direction they go in, just given the safety class. Um, Beyond that, they had another corner in as well while we're talking secondary. Tyreek Stevenson out of Miami. Press man cover corner. He's really big. Um, six foot, 200 pounds. Uh, eight, nine, four rest. Really good athlete out of Miami. Uh, that's Florida, not of Ohio, in case you were wondering. In case you were getting Quentin Rollins flashbacks. Um, not to throw any shade. Uh, but he's someone who I think would be a good fit in the man cover scheme uh, when we decide to run it. I'm 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 getting on a t- I'm getting on a tangent. Getting well, on, get a tangent get- of how many press man cover corners do we need before we start to run it? I'm going to throw to you. Uh, any thoughts on him? Um, I know he was at the Senior Bowl, and I think some people were impressed with what he put out there. Uh, I haven't really followed much of him because I honestly have not looked at the corners all that much, given the fact I have, that I don't think it's a I huge need. I have only been looking at corners very late. So since he's been projected more as a um, second rounder, I have not looked at those corners so much. I do. Remember, the only one I looked at early on was like um, Julius Brents. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from and also out of Kansas State. State, I believe. Yeah, yeah, who did really well at the Senior Bowl. Mm-hmm. That's how I got got my attention. And then, of course, it's a very it's a it's an incredible corner class. Um, yeah, but I don't really expect the Packers to take one of the first rounders, who both like of which there are multiple. Only I can only see it happening if Gonzalez or or. Um... What's the guy's name from Witherspoon? Yeah, Witherspoon. Thank you. Those are the only ones I could see them taking in the first if they fall. And I think both of those guys are projected to go top ten at this point. Um, mm-hmm. I think apparently Witherspoon is like I was hearing maybe like, maybe sixth. I was saying hearing rumors, yeah, it's like a lock. He's going top ten. So Gonzalez, it seems people have cooled on. I know he's not a very good run defender, but he's a crazy athlete. So I don't know. Beyond that, though. Uh, one more player to talk about uh, is on the offensive line. Antonio Mafi out of UCLA, late round guy, guard. Um, interesting that they brought him in and not his teammate Gaines, um, who was also a guard out of UCLA but had better athletic testing. This guy we've talked about is having really good short shuttle, and we'll talk about a bit about later. Um, any thoughts on him? More, I think it's more about where they're looking in the draft for a player to add at this point for the offense. For, uh... Um, he's more likely to be an undrafted free agent while Gaines is rising up the boards. Yeah, and it definitely so seems like they it. May not, maybe it means they're not looking to draft somebody in that portion of the, of the draft yeah. at, at uh, interior offensive line. And it's interesting and to I me. I think at one point Gutekunst did say we've got 13 offensive linemen or something like that. Don't, do you think it's interesting at all that they were linked to guys like Paris Johnson and then haven't had him or like Broderick Jones in for a visit at all? A little bit, because uh, we had, you know, um, talks about link to Paris Johnson. And they did Broderick bring Darnell, Jones, they did bring Darnell right in. And the only one of the first round offensive linemen they brought in, you know, actually only one, only one of two they brought in at all is uh, Darnell Wright, rather than some that people are had, had been putting with them more frequently. Um Maybe they just know what those guys are, though Paris Johnson didn't really do any testing. 
Yeah, I think, but everyone seems to have him as the... Yeah, I don't need a test. He's like, dude, I don't need a test. Everyone seems to have... (laughs) Like him as the consensus number one tackle on the board. I'd be a little surprised if he falls out of the top 10 at this point, honestly. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you, since we're talking draft, and this is a bit of a tangent, and this is going to segue us. We're going to um, take the second half of this pod to talk about some draft superlatives as we're about a week away, most likely to um, rise up draft boards last second, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, something like that. Um, but I wanted to ask you, did you see the Schefter report about quarterbacks? today no a couple days ago it was i'll tell you i'll tell you because our listeners probably haven't heard about it either but so i can just get your rapid fire if you haven't heard it um he was saying that what he is hearing is that only one quarterback is going in the top three that houston's not going to take one i have heard several people um talk about something related in that but, so what he wants this—the only quarterback they want—is Bryce the one Young. The Panthers are going to take. Yes, and it seems like Br- Bryce Young has recently moved to like way higher on um, uh, the like odds, Vegas, Vegas Vegas odds to go number one. Yeah, and so with that, people are saying, saying that okay, then Houston's not going to take a quarterback at all. And then you do get you to think what? that's smoke? Do you think they're just trying to get the Colts to trade up with them and? Or like not maybe not the Colts since it's the same division, but another team to trade up with them, and they're fine with the rest of the guys, whoever's there. It would be surprising if they didn't take somebody that nobody would trade up for one. This is so, why I think it's odd to say that it'll be one in the top three. Because I like in, in Arizona, why would they trade out? You know, yeah, if, I mean, it, it could be and, they really like the defensive players there, but they could trade back to like just a couple of spots. I yeah, don't know. I mean, well, so the other rumor I saw was it's the Colts putting it out there so no one tries to leapfrog them. <laughs> and the Colts are like, don't worry, we're going to have, the Colts are going to have the their pick of quarterback at four. It's like, says the Colts, please don't <laughs> trade ahead of us, please, for the love of God. Like, um, if, you're, if, you're, if you're drafting just after us, there'll be all kinds of quarterbacks oh, still available. Don't worry about it. Because the, 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 the picks two and three won't be a quarterback. Lions at six, you're fine. You don't need to trade up. Seahawks at five, you're fine. You don't need to trade up. Raiders at eight, don't even worry about it. Will Levis is going to be there. Will Levis might be there. I I've did heard see more something people say recently. Kind of, of that more teams are down on him. So I saw, and let me see if I can find this quickly. I won't. I won't drag it out if I can't. Um, but I saw a recent thing about Will Levis. Ah, Will Levis. Um, this is on. This is Anand Nanduri of uh, at Nanduri NFL on Twitter. Will Levis is now the second favorite to be taken number two overall. Oh, that's the opposite of what I've been hearing recently. That I've heard several people discuss in podcasts that they thought he was less in favor and they expected him to be the fourth and maybe even take a little while before he gets come off yeah, the board. So this tweet came out this morning. The number one odds are Will Anderson. Number two odds of going second overall is Will Levis. Wow. Which is very surprising to me because it seems like everything we heard, and this is honestly, this time of year, dear listeners, is the the time of the year to trust everything you're hearing as little as possible because this is the week before is when teams just start start pumping out 
as many wild rumors as they can to just obfuscate as much as possible what's actually going to happen. Because I would be very surprised if after a whole process of people being like, see the the Panthers. Well, remember it was Panthers are moving up to take CJ Stroud at one. That could be the other thing is that there's all this Bryce Young at one thing is to get the Texans to swap with the Panthers. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, it definitely is possible. Maybe they have no interest in Bryce Young. They just found out that the that the Texans yeah. wanted him. Exactly. See if you can just get like a, another pick back. I mean, but because everything we heard is, oh, the Panthers are moving up to one to get Stroud. Like they love Stroud. Stroud's their guy. And now it's Bryce Young. And then everything we heard is Anthony Richardson ha- could go one. He could go two. He, he, right, he's going to he go, go top three. He's going top three, as everyone said. Now, all of a sudden, Will Levis is going to go ahead of Anthony Richardson. It's like everything making a tectonic shift after two months of narrative building in the seven days before the draft starts is very fishy. fishy. Very fishy. I would say don't believe everything you read in the coming weeks. Or coming week, that is. Um, But, Dad, any any thoughts on that? Or should we go on to our draft superlatives? Uh, I just want to say one thing we talked about earlier about the visits that surprised me, that they've only had one D-lineman so far. Yeah, although I would say we did talk about this, Adetamiwa, uh, Adabare. He could be, he, he has, yeah, he could, he could be uh, three-tech. Yeah. For them, potentially, so. And it's interesting because they really, they don't, they don't have many good D-linemen. They don't have I many, to, period. I hate to break it. I mean, right now, the starters are Kenny, Slayton, and Wyatt, who was first rounder last year, who is the next guy up? Jonathan Ford, who was not active for a single game last year. Who, if you don't remember, was a seventh round rookie last year. Seventh round rookie who they thought was being drafted for protection on like on field punts. goal teams on or yeah, punts. and field goals. And it was like, oh, that's what he's being brought in for. It's like, okay, cool. But if he's your first sub along the D line. Um, they do also still have Chris Slayton, uh, who played who, more in the preseason than Ford. I thought he looked pretty good in the preseason. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think he looked bad. He looked playable. Well, playable, strong. He looked playable versus second stringers. So, yeah, he, we'll he see. a couple snaps. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but anyway, let's get on to our draft superlatives. Yes, let's do it. So, uh, if you don't know what a superlative is, it's like most likely to, least likely to, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We thought this would be a fun way to just break down some prospects as we're kind of ticking down here. I uh, don't know how long it's going to take. We'll probably talk a little too long about a bunch of players, and it's probably going to go long, but here we go. Um, but, Dad, the first superlative we have for this 2023 NFL draft, uh, you know, let's let's start with a happier one than the one I have here first. Uh, who do you think is going to be drafted highest above consensus? So the, the, the guy I picked and one we've talked about multiple times already is uh, – um, John Gaines II from mm-hmm. UCLA, guard. He's currently 186th on the consensus board, which puts him in, I think, sixth round territory. Yeah, though it's a little bit, he's, his, his ranking is moving up since earlier in the process. But I think he could very easily go um, day two and maybe even mm-hmm. the second round. I I can um, see mid day mid mid third mid, round. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if he's going to make it all the way to the second. Maybe not, but he has. And I've, I've got him. I've kind of listed again later. But we'll talk about, about just how good some of his um, traits are for predicting future success. So I think he's somebody who's a good chance that he'll be, especially his uh, short shuttle. Um, 
I mean, that's the that's the crux of his uh, like argument as a player is is how good his short shuttle is and how that short shuttle translates to offensive line starting essentially being a good offensive lineman. Yep. So we'll see how, uh, but that's, that's my guess is he's going to go significantly earlier than his consensus. Okay. Possibly three, like three rounds or, you know, or even a little bit more above his consensus. Yeah. You're thinking like a hundred picks above his consensus, which I think wouldn't be crazy just given his athletic testing. For me, my player that I think is going to be drafted highest above consensus is Keon White, the edge rusher out of Georgia Tech. The reason I have this is at least I, the uh, consensus big board that I was looking at, which was the athletics, um, had him at 58th. But he is one of the like 30 or so odd players who actually got an invite to the uh, to the actual NFL draft. Uh, and usually that doesn't happen unless that player is getting taken. They don't love the optics of players just sitting there being sad. Uh, and so to me, a guy who's projected to go end of the second, getting invited to NFL draft means at least one or two teams must be quite high on I've, him. I've said that they're, they will yeah. take him if he's available, though. How honest are they? I, I, think, I think when they're talking to the league office about who to invite, I think it's a little bit... Um, I would imagine, statement. yeah, and I would imagine he's gonna go at least top of day two, at the very least, and that's still like third or twenty five places above where he's projected to go right now, and maybe even end of the first round. Really big guy and a pretty dang good athlete. Um, if I'm just pulling up his mock draftable right now, um, he is a little on the older side, he's twenty four, but he's six five two ninety really good broad jump or like almost a 10 foot broad jump 30 reps on the bench 34 inch vert um and massive arms massive hands was pretty good at the senior bowl if i remember correctly uh, a lot of people were really excited about him the only thing is he's a little older um but i nine, but yeah, like nine, I said, nine 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 two ras yeah he's a big man it's a very big man though though uh that that's a d tackle mm-hmm. yeah and nine, i nine two I think he moved around a little bit for Georgia Tech, and I think he played at Old Dominion before that, um, if I remember correctly. But that's who I had. Um, going on to the next one, uh, most likely to fall on draft day, most likely to go below their projected cons- uh, consensus. Yeah, so my first pick is really obvious, and it's our, everybody knows this, so it's like, yeah, you yeah, picked the, and, you picked the gimme, but it's that's that's reasonable. That's, it's a that's good answer. Jalen Carter, um, who's maybe he's already fallen, and so he's no longer going to fall anymore. How far do I you think? It? How far would you would you say he's going to fall? Do you think I I would be surprised if he falls out of like the top twelve? I I'd be surprised if he falls out of the top ten. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think the pack is going to get a chance to pick and decide well, me, what they want to do. To me, I think the floor is eleven with the Titans. Um, we saw them not to bring up old things, but we saw them, uh, with a player like Jeffrey Simmons, who was coming off injury and off the field concerns. They were willing to take him in the first round, whatever, three, four years ago, it's worked out oh, okay. very yeah, well yeah. for, very well for them. Uh, I they just gave him an extension now. this off season. Um, and he's, he's, hasn't gotten in any trouble while he's with the Titans. Um, and so there's that. And he's just such a, good player that i think also a team like the eagles would be like we don't get the chance to draft this kind of player that often right and they just lost um 
Hargrave. Hargrave. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So that he probably won't get past the, the Eagles. And then the other one I put in, as we talked about a little bit before, is uh, I would be surprised to see Will Levis go a little later than people expect. Do you think end of the first, or do you think just straight up out of the first round? I'm thinking maybe not, not, not out of the first, but maybe in the maybe he go as late as the teens. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That, that 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 that's my hot take. Ah, and it's not well, a hot take. It, it, it's going to get hotter later. <laughs> I was say, the hot take would be Hendon Hooker goes ahead of Will Levis. That would and be the that hot is, take. That is my hot take. Oh, did you not did look I, at my hot take? Did no, you not look I, at my hot take I totally did. not I, I did not. I swear. Unless I got that subliminally put in my head from when I was reviewing our notes earlier, I did I'm, not. I'm, I did not see that. In the craziest, in, in craziest hot take section, I have Hendon Hooker gets drafted before Will Levis. Okay, we'll go to that one next. But I'm just going <laughs> to say mine so I can actually talk a little bit. Thank you. Um, for me, uh, the player I think is going to fall is Quentin Johnson. I feel like the closer and closer we've gotten to draft, like time of the draft season, is just less and less I hear about Quentin Johnson as. Well, and- a- Go ahead. And he didn't get invited to the draft, the first round of the draft. Yeah. Yeah. And so I don't know what that means. Combine that with the fact that Jim Nagy said um, he thinks only one receiver is going in the first round from based on, or let me correct that. He said that multiple teams he's talked to only have one first round grade receiver, which is different. A lot of times right. teams will have only like 15 first round grades. But right, 30, and so there's still picks. 15 more to be picked yeah. after that. Yeah, so there there is that. That doesn't necessarily mean they wouldn't take him in the first round. It's just they don't have a first round grade on him. But that's my and just no one's talking about him. I feel like more people are talking about Hyatt. More people are talking about Flowers. More people are talking about like th- At Perry. I hear more about At Perry than Quentin Johnson. Like I I hear more about all these other players. I think people aren't quite sure what to do with him. Um, yeah. I think some people feel like. He's a big receiver, but he plays like a small receiver. His best um, trait after is catch and yep, I was not say the so same thing. good in contested catches. Yeah, it, 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 he's he's a weird eval because his play style is very different from his like body build. Like, he's this big, bulky receiver. He's not that tall, but he's he's very built. And then he just he, just a yak monster, which you know, I mean, that's if a useful Packers, thing. I've, if the Packers take him, I'll I'll talk myself into it for sure. I I still am pretty high on Quinn Johnson. He's still my receiver too. Uh, I don't know if I would love the pick at fifteen, given the way that it seems like he's falling. It seems like you could trade back and still get him. But if they took him at fifteen, and we're like, hey, we're gonna give this guy a lot of touches, just put the ball in his hands, like run across the middle. I could see the vision. Um, he didn't test as nearly as well as people thought he was going to. People thought he was gonna like DK Metcalf test. Didn't really right. happen. I think people were saying he's going to be like like uh, Christian Watson or DK Metcalf and have this like super fat, big and super fast. And uh, he wasn't quite as big or as fast as people expected. Yeah, but still really good jumps. I mean, a forty and a half inch vert. Yeah, I'll, that uh, might be his best trait. An eleven foot two broad. His jumps. Um, he's got a massive wingspan, ninety six percentile. Massive arm length, ninety first percentile. Big hands. He's still big. He's six. 6'2", 208. Uh, people thought he was going to be like more like 6'4", so I guess some people were a little disappointed by his height. But big arms, big reach. So I would still be happy with that pick, but he's someone it seems like is going to fall just because no one's talking about him. Yeah, he seems like somebody you wouldn't, you could trade back and get in the um, mid-20s, the way yeah. people are talking about him. Of course, and the way people are talking about him, it's lying season. 
It is so, line season, and also it's such a weak receiver class, and that position is so coveted at the NFL level right now that you know I could see this going entirely the other way, where teams like, hey, we're not that high on him, but we're higher on him than the rest of these receivers, so we're just going to reach on him a little bit and just roll the dice. Uh, since we already talked about it, do you want to do? Revisit craziest hot take. Do you yeah, go so craziest hot take. My craziest hot take was Hooker draft before Levis. We're like. Hooker, instead of going like the second, it goes like early teens, and Levis is just shortly after him. Yeah, I mean... There are people who say if he didn't get hurt... It's could... the hurt, and it's also he's 25 years old. He is older. He's, like, he's pretty old. Uh, and also a really gimmicky offense, like a weird offense, like an offense no one runs. Everybody they... criticizes the Tennessee receivers yeah. for the weird offense they, they run. It's like... And if you don't know, it's like they they play really wide, really wide out to the boundary. Yeah, like and the slot they, is outside of the hash. Yeah, they never get pressed at all. Like it's and, it's super and, weird. Yeah, they 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 uh, start back from the line of scrimmage. I think yeah. to get pre releases and it is not a pro style offense. We'll say. Um, for me, my craziest hot take it ties a little bit into that Jim Nagy quote where he said only. A lot of teams he talked to only had one receiver with the first round grade, and that is that more tight ends will be drafted in the first round than receivers. Um, I just think that the tight end class is better than the receiver class, and I think teams are just going to be like, hey, we don't, we need a pass catcher. We don't necessarily need a receiver. We need a pass catcher. And some teams who need receivers are going to take tight ends and just be like, we're just going to play them in the slot a bunch and play them as a big slot. Guys like yeah. Kincaid, guys like Laporta. Um, I think there's a good chance there's a the third tight end is taken before the second wide receiver. Ooh, that's even hotter than my take. But it's, I think it's possible. I'm I was thinking like end of the first round we're gonna get like three tight ends taken. Right, but it may be the third one is taken before the second receiver. Some some have, teams are pretty high Kincaid, on Zay Flowers. Yeah, you and you hear rumors that oh he's actually the highest rated. And you hear rumors that Jalen Hyatt's going in the first round, but those disappeared. I haven't heard those in a while. Oh, they must be true then. I know. <laughs> really makes you think. Um, so that was craziest hot take. Um, biggest day three steal, who you got? So I'm going something a little different here. And somebody that you don't hear anything about. And I only kind of stubborn as I'm wandering through the late rounds looking for possible steals. When I first came across him, he was showing up in like the seventh round of PFF. But now he seems to be saying more like a fourth or fifth round consensus by uh, um, consensus ranking from mock. Uh, I think I have a mock draft database is Corey Trice uh, cornerback. So I don't necessarily know if the Packers will get him a cornerback. He's, but he's, he's a big corner, six, three, two Oh six and a RAS of nine, six, five. Um, could he switch to at safety? His RAS at free safety would be RAS would be nine seven. Could he switch to safety? I don't know. He hasn't actually lined up at it. It's like almost exclusively as a corner or um, some in the box. According to PFF, he only has allowed one catch on eighty eight press snaps in the past season. He had injuries earlier in his career. This last year, he played thirteen games, but the year in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty, he didn't play very many. So I think that maybe has depressed his. Uh, um, Valuation from from different people. and is the pass rating I guess is only fifty one point three. So I think he's a um, somebody who could be if you're looking for a late around corner who could maybe be a good cover corner for you. Um, he could be a steal. 
Yeah, I can totally see that. And I can't wait to watch the Packers draft him and then play him in off coverage. <laughs> can't wait. Oh, if they draft him in the fourth, fifth round, he's only playing special teams. That's true. Uh, <laughs> because that's what you know, going to do with everybody. You know Until who they just, finally decide to try with something else, and all of a sudden he's an all-pro. You know who your description of him just now reminded me of? Another late-round corner the Packers took that was kind of bigger? Who played a lot of special teams and was good at press? Um, and they traded him to the Texans. I believe so. For like a sixth-round pick. Yep. And I'm just, I'm, the thing is, I'm just blanking on his name. Kadar Holman. Holman. I, it's like, it starts with an H, right? It's not Holland. Kadar Holman. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, that, your description reminds me of him. He wasn't nearly as big. I think he was, he was long, but he wasn't like 206. So yeah, I think Trice is definitely big enough to play safety. For me. And, and oh, sorry, has, go ahead. And has decent speed too. I think better than a lot of the safety. So anyway, I don't know if he can. Um, yeah. I mean, but, I guess. Maybe we'll find out. For me, my player that is biggest D3 steal, this is kind of cheating because some places have him end of the third, some places have him like middle top of the fourth, uh, is Zach Harrison, uh, edge guy out of Ohio State. Um, he was a really, really good high school prospect. He's a five-star prospect coming into Ohio State. People were saying he's going to be like the next Ohio State edge that was going to be the guy, like how the Boses were and how... Um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and how what's-his-name was the... Uh, What's this, the guy for the Commanders? Chase Young? Yes. Uh, but I think he was supposed to be like next in line for that. Never next, really put it together. Yeah, Superstar ne- at the uh, um, pass rusher. Never really put it together at Ohio State, but he's 6'5", 270. He's got long arms, um, 10'3", broad jump, 34.5", vert. He's a very big man. Um, and, you know... Fourth round pass rusher, I think, if you're betting on a guy who at one point people were really, really high on and has good athleticism and has good size, I don't see why not, you know? That's that's kind of my fit. And also when you're like... I mean, it's drafting, kind of like you get that late. It's like pass, you know, rushers are, are a high priority. And so if you fought, like we got lucky to get Anibari in the 50s, like drop for some reason. It's like, no, oh, we should just take him. Yeah, he dropped because he detested terribly, and then it was like, oh, this guy's just good at football. Very sick. Very cool. Big fan. Don't, yeah, uh, why would anybody want want, want those? Doesn't make, doesn't make any sense to me. Um, next um, superlative, let's see, which ones we still got? Best athletic fit for the Packers. Uh, we, got, we each have one for the offense and one for the defense. Do you want to do both of yours, and then I'll do both of mine? Sure, and I'll start. Both of mine are players we've talked about already. So I've kind of doubled up and cheated here. As you got make, gains on here like five times. You, you might call this lazy, lazy journalism. But <laughs> you yes. have gains on here for like eight different questions. <laughs> I, who are who are you trying to fool? Who are you trying? How much did Gaines's agent pay you? I resisted the urge to put him put him in as the biggest day three steal because I already put him as a, as a high riser when it would be day three anymore. That would have been conflicting uh, categories. But here I have gains, so it's. Um, and and why he's a fit for the Packers in particular. So it's a nine six three RAS overall, four four five short shuttle, which as we mentioned other times, I think it's four four seven is the cutoff for players who have like twenty have a I forget how many they're likely to start for their NFL team um, with with a RAS. Um, sorry, with a short shuttle that 
that uh, fast. He does um, get dinged a little bit for being like below average weight at 303, but Green Bay often takes um, lighter, more agile offensive linemen, even in, even at guard. So I think the thing that would maybe a knock on him and some teams would be less so for the Packers. Mm-hmm. And what, what, one of the reasons why I put him as a good fit, not just athletically overall, but for the for Green Bay in particular. No, I I totally see that. And then on defense, so defense, I went with Adamore, Adam, um, super freak athlete, nine seven two RAS as a D tackle and a nine eight eight as edge. So and he's only twenty two point one years old, so he's still pretty young. Per PFF, his so here's his four four nine second forty yard dash is the fastest ever for a player over two hundred eighty pounds by point one six seconds. By a sixth of a second faster than the next fastest 280-plus pound um, football player. So this dude is a crazy freak athletically. Yes. And, I mean, we talked about it already since he had the visit. He's just a freak of freaks. For me, uh, on offense, it's Darnell Washington. He is literally just copy-paste Mercedes Lewis, in my opinion. And so that's why I think, as an athlete, he'd be a great fit, just his size. Uh, 9.88 relative athletic score, super long arms. He has, he's literally built almost identical to, if you watch basketball, Kawhi Leonard. He has the same wingspan as Kawhi Leonard. He's about the same height as Kawhi Leonard. He's just way heavier. Um, he's 6'6", 265, uh, with a 10 foot broad jump and a super elite, um, uh, three cone, or was it a short shuttle? Short shuttle. Short shuttle. It was one um, of the agility drills, but whatever it was, it was super elite. Very fast, um, uh, forty-yard dash for his size, like around a four-six, I believe, if I remember correctly. Great ten-yard split, and honestly, just copy-paste Mercedes Lewis, and that's the idea, except more athletic, because we got older Mercedes Lewis. Um, copy-paste yeah. young Mercedes Lewis, but he's even uh, faster, than, even faster than Mercedes was um, coming out of college. Yeah, and then for defense, uh, this is not a player that I'm super high on. But I had to say Sidney Brown. Um, he is a had a 9.68 relative athletic score. A little on the small side. He's like 5'9 and a half, but he's 211 pounds uh, with a 40 and a half inch vert and a 10 foot broad. Uh, when I first then, saw a clip of him, like, maybe his pro day getting ready to run, it's like, man, the yoked. guy is, yeah, he is seriously yoked. <laughs> he's, like, he's jacked. And he can't tackle and he has short arms, but he is the best athlete of all the safeties um, in the class. And so that, and the fact that they need a safety and they like elite athletes is why I put him here. He's not a player I'm particularly high on because the tackle concerns are yeah. real to me. But he is probably the best cover safety in the draft. Just a yeah. bad tackler. Of course, and, he's not the only bad tackler among the safeties in this draft. And the, honestly, a good cover safety you can't tackle is better than whatever we're trotting out there next year. So. <laughs> It's at least we could do one of the two. Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, I'm just just saying. Uh, and then, so those are my ideal athletic fits uh, for the Packers on offense and defense. Uh, just a couple more here. Uh, most likely to break the third round curse if drafted by Green Bay. I almost <laughs> left this one blank. <laughs> I was almost like, there, there's nothing we can do, buddy. We're done. Who do we want? Who do we want to? You know. Wish who, who this is, misery upon. I almost worded this question like most likely to be Green Bay's sacrificial lamb pick in the third round, never to be seen on an NFL field again. <laughs> yeah, so so I put in I put in my my standard answer, you know, just just fill down, put it in a spreadsheet, just fill down all answers. 
Yep. John Gaines again here, though I did put an honorable mention in for A.T. Perry. Yeah, I can see both of those. Uh, for me, and A.T. Perry is one of the few larger receivers in the class. For me, I put Keanu Benton, um, defensive tackle out of Wisconsin. I think if anyone's going to break the third round curse, it's the kid from Wisconsin. You know, I feel like you, you have to break it with a badger. There's no, there's no other way. Um, obviously I'm a little biased. Yeah. But I liked, I liked Benton. I almost put him in for one of the, one of our other answers as well. Uh, um, he's a, he's a really good player. Um, I feel like oftentimes and, like Wisconsin's defense was elite the past two years. He's 309 pounds with over almost 34 inch arms and with a, uh, let's see, that'd be a nine, three broad jump, which at his size is great. Um, really good three cone, seven, three, four, which is, um, 80th percentile for interior D linemen. Uh, not a great 40, but how often are you running 40 yards, uh, as a defensive tackle and, uh, only a 30 inch vertical or 29 and a half inch vertical jump, but that's average for an interior defensive lineman. So not a deal breaker. Um, I know, I think I heard the ringer guys saying that, uh, I think it was Solak was like, I don't understand why Benton is this low and Cansey is that high. He's like, I feel like, or no, was it him or Lucas Ness, Lucas Van Ness? It was one of the two of them. It might've been, it, I can't remember which one it was. But he was like, they're the same. I don't understand why one is higher than the other. No, maybe no, because it wouldn't have been Cansey because Cansey's twenty pounds lighter. Might have been. Yeah, these are not very comparable players, and yeah. and uh, Benton's got really long arms, and Cansey's got like the shortest arms in the draft. Ignore everything I just said. <laughs> just know he's a pretty good player. I just think he'd be a really good third rounder. At one time, Benton was compared to another player, <laughs> and, that and the comparison was to a first rounder that they thought he was just as good as. Ignore but, yeah. everything else I said. But, but if you remember, right, after the Senior Bowl, there was a lot of buzz about Benton and how well he had done at the Senior Bowl. People were talking about him quite a bit, uh, I think, after that uh, performance. Yeah. And so that's my pick for most likely to break a third-round curse. Uh, most likely to have a 10-year career. I went with Peter Skaronsky for me. Um, a guy who's versatile along the offensive line, can play a bunch of positions, going to last a long time in the league. He's also projected to be a top-10 pick, or at least top-15 Offensive linemen have long careers. This is a pretty good answer for me. You answered offensive line as well. I figured you had to go offensive line here. Um, you know, and uh, I went with Paris Johnson, who seems to be the top yep. ranked, top rated tackle in the draft. And tackles and, play into. I mean, it could be it could be fifteen year career for, a, for yeah. a good offensive tackle. And the thing is, I think he has positional versatility as well. I think I heard someone saying that he has uh, played right guard in the past. So there's that as well, and couple more here as we're winding down. Uh, player that's not getting talked about enough. Yeah, so this is, I think, the one where I almost put uh, Benton in here because I've been drafting. I, I did fail to mention that I've been picking him in mock draft as like my, my D-tackle um, in, in like the second round. But here I went with Cedric Tillman, the wide receiver from Tennessee. And one reason I did is because you know, Jalen Hyatt has been getting like all the love. And understandably so, because he killed it last year, was running wild, wide open, uncoverable. I mean, he um, won the Bolitnikov, so. Yeah. <laughs> but Tillman was the one who was actually the, the alpha receiver two seasons ago in Tennessee, and then he was hurt for a decent amount of this year. So he's had put together some really good um, production years and also um, tested well as well. I mean, 
his his uh, agility testing wasn't so he did do the shuttle and his three cone was poor, but he was a good size, good um, great explosion. Speed was kind of good enough at his size at uh, 6'3", 213. And also physical and could do some blocking. I think mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the things that Packers uh, look for, I think uh, he's he's definitely a possibility for them to take uh, and, and could be a stud. Um, it's just too bad that he was you know hurt for a fair amount of this um, last year. And like we said with A.T. Perry, one of the, the few bigger guys in the class. For me, I put Zach Pickens, uh, defensive tackle out of South Carolina. I have literally not heard this guy mentioned one time. Um, Very early in the draft season, people were talking to, about him to the Packers like a month ago. and But you haven't heard much about him since. Yeah, but he has a 9.16 relative athletic score. He's got th- almost 34 and a half inch arms. Um, had a nine foot broad jump at 291 pounds, six, three, um, ran a four, eight, nine at that size and ran a seven, four, five, three cone, which are all excellent marks. Uh, really good athlete. And he's projected to go in like the third round. And I, I'm not entirely sure why I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So some of those traits you list, you know, would put him like faster than the, the Packers D lineman, except for Wyatt. And I think maybe a better, some better jumps than all of them? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah. yeah, compares quite favorably to uh, the D linemen the Packers have drafted in the last five years or more. Yeah, he's just, and I, I honestly have not heard a single mention of him in the past like three, four weeks. Um, last one, as we wrap it up here, we know we got a lot of fantasy people listening, most likely to be this year's fantasy sleeper. I will go first. My pick is Israel Abanaconda, uh, running back out of Pitt. This dude's a freak, Dad. He's a he's an absolute freak show. What was what? Let me let me make sure I have these numbers right because I still can't believe them when I'm looking at them in my spreadsheet. Let's pull this up. Why does Mock Draftable not have it? I'm pulling it up really quick. But I for have me, brass numbers. I just think that if he goes to a wide zone team, this guy is gonna run for like thousand yards in year two. I he. Had a 9.61 relative athletic score. He's got pretty long arms, which we know is correlated to running back success. Not a common... Derrick Henry. Not Aaron Jones. Got long arms. People don't know it. Um, but 41-inch vertical, 10-foot broad, 4.4540. I mean, just shot out of a cannon. Just shot out of a cannon. If he goes to a wide zone team and they're just like, yeah, holes right there, run. <laughs> run. Um or like pick 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 which side you're going and just go. I think he's gonna be a guy where that athlete the athlete in him is just gonna take over. I mean he's he's so fast and he looks fast on tape too. Like he looks explosive. You can like his studs are just gripping the turf and he's just pulling away from guys. Um but that was my pick. Um what, what who did you have? So my first pick, I'm not sure if he qualifies as a fantasy sleeper because he's probably gonna go in the second round is jameer gibbs no that does not count you need to go again. so i will go so i will we'll cancel that and say yeah that's not a sleeper at all. everybody expects him to be good yeah um, he's gonna so be I the went, second he's gonna be the second running back off the board so i went down the the list a little further to zach uh, charbonnet from ucla fair um i mean he's big guy. a bigger guy 
he, he killed it last year, 1,358 yards rushing as well as 320 yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he – this is the thing I feel about for um, running backs. I think you said like may not um, – may have – a thousand yards by year two, I think running back can have a thousand yards in year one. And there's a lot of evidence that if some that if running back is the right situation, they can kill it in year one. That's true. And this is why I, I want to say in general, you don't need to draft a running back until you actually need a running back. You don't need to get them a year early because running backs can be super productive as rookies. This is true. My only counter to that is I really need to look at the data for this, but I would, Im- based on eye test and personal experience, I feel that first year players are more injury prone than second, third, fourth year players. They never finish the year because their bodies just haven't had a full year of NFL weight training and NFL there training. There is certainly some, you know, initial feeling that that is true it has truthiness it has truthiness it feels like it's true it feels like it's true but it would be good to actually verify if that uh that holds up to scrutiny but it definitely has for sure has truthiness it definitely does and as we wrap up there with some truthiness we just want to thank you all for listening this has been our last show pre-draft and the next time we talk to you we'll have a whole new bunch of packers to talk about and hopefully we'll be in a good mood um (laughs) Maybe not, but hopefully. I'm sure by the time we record, we'll have talked ourselves into it. But thanks again for listening. Like we said, you can find us on Twitter, at FatherSonPacker. You can find us on Spotify, any of those podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc. And come subscribe to us on YouTube if you'd like. It'd help our numbers a lot. We'd really appreciate it. We're Father Son Packers podcast there as well. And thanks so much again for listening. Until next time, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. <laughs>